0: my name is dr nate shannock
1: and my name is merrick egber this is the official podcast of the Els for autism foundation for autism we call our
0: podcast This because it's a play on our foundation's name, and Merrick and I are both terrible golfers.
1: But we love how golf has become such a transformative tool to helping people with autism. When I'm not on the podcast, I'm part of our growing research team. And when I'm not part of the podcast, I'm an administrative assistant filling the gaps of each department like Lou. I'm also autistic. This is our 27th episode of the podcast, Hot Fun in the Summertime, with newest advisory board member, Connor B. Sturgis, and Shelley Hedge, our controller. What we hope to do is to present news and updates about our foundation, interviews or feature stories that play a big role with us and with the community as a whole. Speaking of which, we also have our Today in the World of Autism segment, where we posit the news and current events reflective of the world we live in today. Also, check our show notes for websites, resources, and other groovy things we would like to have on the written record for all you four autism fans. First, here are some news and updates about the foundation. Duh, 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 if you want to, I don't exactly have any sound effects, but just think of this as like a news ticker. Um, so, the first uh, item is episode 26. Tune into episode 26 to listen to our interviews with advisory board member, artist and poet, Andrew Blitman and Graciela Gadia who is responsible for all the artwork around their campus. They talk about how their creativity has not only inspired them but has inspired others, while also allowing a way for the arts to create a greater mental health unit for the people who have been touched by them. As a way to illustrate, no pun intended, the point, two people were profiled who are involved in the arts and have a background of autism. Make sure to also listen to the rest of the program to get an idea of what we were doing as a foundation during that time and learn something new about the autism community for our Today in the World of Autism segment. For those who are listening, who are interested in my life, while the flu was a terrible brute, it didn't stop me from traveling to Denver, Colorado to participate in my first ever national APSI conference. With 500 registrants, including board members from other chapters, Presenters, exhibitors, and other interested attendees, it was a great way to network, meet new people, and learn about how alike everyone is in regards to the mission of gainful employment for people with disabilities. We also had some big keynote speakers for the three days that the conference was held. Unfortunately, there are still a few states that do not have an APSI chapter, so I couldn't meet people from literally every state. Being a member of Else for Autism and went for the importance it may offer to our employment team, The national conference was not exactly what I expected. The three keynote speeches didn't exactly say what it is that I was hoping for, even if they were great speeches themselves. And sometimes I wasn't too, um, I didn't feel one-to-one on the sessions, but I really did appreciate why and that they were there. It does make one feel a little bit um, different when one hears about an interesting grant program that is only in Colorado and is still testing until 2024, for example. But that's not to say that going there was a bad idea because there were some very useful takeaways, great connections, a lot of fantastic exhibitors, all the speakers and presenters and all the people there were fantastic and excellent. And I'm pretty sure, you know, you go what you come for. And if you go there for employment, you get back with employment. You go there for, you know, disability rights, you get back disability rights. And it all fits into that same, into a similar kind of funnel. Um, and so, yes, the connections I made were invaluable. valuable. And I can imagine you see my hours spent there to bolster up the team I work with because there were some, the useful sessions that I, was, that I sat on were very, very useful. Now maybe um, for those things I had thoughts about, I could be on the planning committee as a chapter member for next time. But I'm just not certain if I would want to join the national board yet. Still, what a great experience to have to know that so many people are interested in in the idea that people with disabilities should be able to get jobs and should be able to get paid and should be able to have the same expectations as anyone else. So... A little bit related, thereof. I am going to talk about Autistic Pride Day. So, for those of us who are autistic, there is a special day that is celebrated on the 18th of June each year, a day before my birthday, coincidentally, and that is Autistic Pride Day, celebrated in 2005 by Aspies for Freedom, and Aspie is a term of usage for someone with Asperger's syndrome, a form of autism. On the birthday of their youngest member and modeled after the gay pride movement, Autistic Pride Day is meant to be a celebration of the accomplishments and humanity of those with autism as a response to those who saw autism as a disease or as a handicap to success. As many have listened to the podcast know, I do not doubt that there is validity in thinking that cases of severe or profound autism are very different than how many self-advocates see autism, but I also have felt in the past That something that feels so integral to my character is something that maybe instead of focusing on how to get rid of it, instead to focus on how I can live a better life with it as part of my personality. Because I will have to say, probably, if you ask enough people, uh, part of my peculiar traits and part of my personality may stem from having had this diagnosis since I was extremely little from a diagnostic point of view. Um, and I would, so I
0: would agree with that statement.
1: Oh, and and I really do thank you, uh, Nate, because, um, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit tricky and a little bit difficult to feel like um, that whatever you have with you, no matter what it is, and it could be anything, uh, it's not, it doesn't have to be autism, it could be, you know, OCD, it could be, you know, even dyslexia or something like that, and, you know, the, the, the feeling sometimes is, well, what would I be like without it, you know? But what I think it is, is that you use the tools you come with in order to create a greater idea of who that person with those tools can be as a way to present yourself to the greater world instead of uh, feeling like that this is hopeless, um, instead you're given those tools as a way to make other people, to, to, to make the world a better place in a way for people who may not have all the advantages or may not have all the, you know, all the what one would call typical functions that other people would attribute um I, I feel like i'm almost verging onto uh verbal gibberish here but if if anything um you know uh w- whether it's a period uh, uh it's no it's not a weakness if you have it it's it's a strength in a way in which you're able to share experiences with others that others may not even acknowledge or realize and so that is my uh later on in the program we'll be talking a lot about inspiration and hopefully that's my inspiration of the of the episode to any of you who are listening but it's it's not it's not Bad to feel like you have something and that you may even take a little bit of pride in it because, you know, it may make you a better person and it may make you feel like you're doing things in a positive manner. So, because it was Autistic Pride Day on the 18th, I've written a blog article about all the accomplishments made by our advisory board members. While I've written about them before, it is important for people to understand how successful our members are at their mission of presenting a better foundation for those of us with autism. Make sure to keep yourself tuned into our website and check our blog archives for this new one. It should be great. As it is, I've been gamming my way through so much of this. I feel like I should open a little bit for discussion on the topic of... Father's Day. So Father's Day and my birthday, along with Juneteenth, the celebration over the last of the slaves being freed, were all on the same day this year. What an important triple-decker of a day on June 19th it was. For that day, I made sure that the first half corresponded exactly to Father's Day, allowing my father the comfort of sleeping in and spending time to himself, and I also gave him a limited edition in cover, which was to celebrate World Autism Month. Nate, how did you celebrate Father's Day? Well, Merrick,
0: I first want to say that your message uh, from a couple minutes ago was was very uh, poignant, and you know, it was it, it was uh, it had a lot of meaning to it because you're talking about acceptance and even valuing differences. That a person might have and whether it's autism and that means thinking more outside of the box or being quirky or having a, a really good sense of humor um or it's something like anxiety or depression which can oftentimes be a function of of caring too much caring excessively about the people around you you know those um, differences are noteworthy. And sometimes if you take away, if you pull away one aspect of someone's personality, um, that maybe could potentially be seen as a weakness, you might also be thereby eliminating three or four traits that people love and could really be seen as a, as a strength. So, um, that was, that was well said from you. And shifting gears to Father's Day, I, my dad and I went fishing this Father's Day. We, we haven't gone in several years. And so we had um, a fishing outed. Uh, we had a, a fishing uh, experience and we competed to see who caught the most fish. And of course I let him win because it was Father's Day, that was the only determinant there. And um, then we, um, we spent some time outside, um, just enjoying the great weather, had a good lunch. And as I was reading the, the, the show notes for today, preparing for the episode, I, I saw that you mentioned the movie Hustle, on netflix which is really ironic because i actually watched that movie with my dad on father's day so maybe we could give a little bit of of a review on that in a minute
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) well um and hustle had a father right you had adam sandler play a father to a daughter and a lot of that movie was about how he was trying his hardest to uh, be a great father to his daughter. But uh, business weird. was, uh, you know, the line of work he was in, he couldn't really stay at home too much. So, yeah, how, how relevant <laughs> to that movie could play to uh, Father's Day?
0: Yeah, I would take it a step further, too, and say that in many ways, he became a father figure to the uh, basketball player he was trying to help become a professional who didn't really have a present father growing up. So um, there's, yeah, there's two connections there. That's, uh,
1: actually, that's perfect. Yeah. So... uh... (laughs) next father's day go and see hustle uh, watch it on netflix uh, by then it would probably already have won an uh, oscar for something <laughs> so anyways um going straight to my birthday because like i said uh june 19th was quite a day um uh, okay, so this past June 19th, I turned 36 years old. Um, I kind of saw the National Conference as a welcoming embrace of my birthday, especially since E3, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, was canceled this year. And yes, I know, I'm a geek, I'm a nerd, I'm self-professed, and I'm proud of it. Okay. Uh, on Saturday of that weekend, I was able to have a long lunch to celebrate <laughs> I planned it a day prior due to the possible absence of special guests due to father's day. And it was a lot of fun for Sunday. I was able to sleep in. I went to see the phantom of the open in theaters with my parents, which was a very good film. Although, um, my father had some differing opinions about it. (laughs) I, I don't wish to, uh, to blow up his spot here, but he really did. Um, I had dinner with them at Aglio Olio in Boynton Beach, Florida, south of where I live, and I ended up watching one of the new Netflix features, Hustle, to the end of the day. And I did believe that it was quite a good movie. Um, I almost feel like opening a section of this podcast for Merrick's reviews, but nonetheless, I will just say that the protagonists of Uncut Gems and Hustle both played by Adam Sandler, it would be interesting to see their paths cross. <laughs> you can only imagine you had Jack and Jill and you had, um, what were those movies that came out before? You had Eight Crazy Nights, Jack and Jill, and all of a sudden, here's Adam Sandler doing Uncut Gems and Hustle. And it's like, okay. So I guess he's he's becoming a really serious actor now. Yeah, that's right.
0: He's taken a 360, and I have to say, I'm I'm enjoying it. I think he does a very good job in these serious movies.
1: Yeah, I do know that there was some talk about maybe nominating him for an Oscar for Uncut Gems, but we'll see what happens with this one. All right, so um, going back to our home base of the L Center of Excellence in lovely Jupiter, Florida. Uh, Starting Tuesday, July 5th, we will have our next annual summer camp program, also called a Moving and Grooving Summer Camp, where for individuals aged 6 to 21 years of age, fun-filled days are late. Activities on our beautiful Center of Excellence campus will include Golf, tennis, yoga, art, fitness, exercises, dance, and more. From 8.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., campers will participate in these activities while building social communication, motor regulatory skills with staffers, all first in recreation, speech and language, behavior analysis, special education, music therapy, and sports and fitness. Our summer camp is so popular that I didn't even need to promote it since we've got so many people asking to come. Please be sure to contact Greg Connors, our rec coordinator, to fit your family in for either this time or the next go around. And on to the interviews. So for our first interview for do the hit, program. Do I hit, do I hit you on it? Um, Connor. It, we're going to introduce Connor B. Sturgis, who is a West Palm Beach native and an identical twin. He is a 2017 graduate of the Learning Academy, where he also participated in a work school program at Publix. Connor was employed by Publix in 2013 and promoted to a full time role on their customer service staff in 2020. Connor is also a greeter at his church every Sunday. He actively pursues ways to work hands-on with programs at the L Center of Excellence, including development and adult services. Connor is also a proud Eagle Scout and enjoys Powell board racing with his twin brother. He also is a regular at outdoor events in the South Florida area, primarily car and boat shows and music events. And he is also our newest board member, advisory board member. So welcome to the program, Connor B. Sturgis.
2: Thank you.
1: Yes.
0: Welcome, Connor. We're very excited to have you. And um, it sounds like you have a lot of fascinating interests. So I do. I do. I, I wanted to, to ask you before we get to the, to the more challenging questions here. Who usually wins the paddleboard races between you and your brother? Uh,
2: sometimes I do. Sometimes but there's there's a lot of us that there's a lot of us that race. There's about eighty of us that race every week. Eighty to wow. nine
0: eighty to ninety people every week show up. Yeah. Well very good that you're you're winning some of those. That's impressive. Yeah, I've had i I've
2: had a boat all over uh, all over Florida. I've been to the Keys and Miami and St Augustine, Jacksonville and my brother's been to, my brother's been to North Carolina to paddle with us and uh, he went to a um, five-mile ocean race. Wow. That's yeah, amazing. He got, he got eight, he got eight plates out of a hundred people. He got eight. Wow.
0: You guys are really good. So we,
2: we've been, we've been paddleboarding for what, eight years, eight or nine years now, something like that. Wow. We've
0: done, we've done six-mile ocean races. That's uh, that's eight more years than I've been paddle boarding. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, there's like, there's like recreational paddleboarding, and then we do, we do uh, racing. We race. We have um, a different kind of. We have like racing boards that are like really light. They're like really light and they and they go fast. They're, there's there's not much room to stand on them, but you know they're, they're, they're narrow. Like, I think my brother's board is like twenty three by four. 14 by 23 and mine's like 12 6 by 26 okay So narrow There's not much room to stand on them yeah have to have good balance so oh, yeah you have to have good balance and you have to have um, good um not the stand there
0: yeah, good good strength too, I'm sure. You have to have
2: a endurance because you're going three, four, five miles. You're gonna have
1: absolutely. Well, so maybe gonna... Nate, um <laughs> uh <laughs> after pickleball, maybe you can take up paddleboard. Pa- paddle uh let me try to uh remember again. Um yeah, maybe you can try to pick up uh uh, paddleboard um racing you know what merrick i'm thinking about
0: it i am feeling pretty inspired from connor being here with us and speaking of which connor um was also wondering so what advice would you give to our listeners who may only be recently finding out about their autism diagnosis
2: Now, personally, for me, it's the environment I grew up in, so it's normal for me, and I think autism is becoming more normal to the world,
0: and that is a great thing. Yeah, absolutely, definitely becoming more and more mainstream with the presentation and some some popular media and the research that's being done. So, yeah, it's... Uh, there's it's, stuff
2: out there, but there's like, you know, there's, there's a lot of, lot of uh, tools tour, out there, and there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff to do, you know, there's... there's Just
0: things that you kind social activities and stuff,
1: you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that it's always uh, important to say to others, you know, you're not alone. You know, if if you feel like something makes you a little bit different or a little bit, you know, that makes you you, and you want to find other people who feel the same way, then it's, not that difficult to do. Yeah, and, uh, especially
2: with online and social media, there's always stuff, like, there's always events and stuff going on in the community, you know, like there's always stuff to do.
1: Yeah, and you're just one of, uh, you know, many, many role models out there that people can look up to and go, yeah, this person, he's definitely doing something right and he's doing something well. And, you know, I wish that I could be more like this person. You know, confident and just uh, all-around great person.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we touched on this a little bit in the intro, but what are, uh, what are some of your favorite ways to have fun?
2: Uh, I like to go paddleboarding on Tuesday night with my brother, George. I also like to take, I like to take bike rides around my neighborhood. I like, to, I, like, I, I, I like taking my brother to concerts and car shows. We have, we have a lot of fun together. Me and my brother, we have a lot of fun we have to go do things, you know, go to activities and stuff, you know?
0: So it sounds like, uh, you really enjoy the great outdoors. I do. I like I
2: like I like boating and fishing and all, all the outdoor stuff, you know.
0: That's terrific. And when it comes to um going paddle boarding, do you feel like that's a good outlet for you to to relieve stress and yeah know, it's, hang out yeah. with friends?
2: Yeah. There's, there's a lot of uh a lot of people you can meet if, if it's just a good thing that it's ex- good exercise, you know, and it's just something that you can have fun with, you know.
0: Yeah, I've been trying to tell Merrick more and more that sports are the great uniter, bringing people together from different backgrounds and giving uh, them a you common make, goal to work towards. You can make and if you can make connections too, you know. That's right. Yeah. Some of my, my best friends today were people I played tennis with 10 years ago. It's, um, it's life, lifelong friendships you can make. Yeah. Like I've got to like, you know, I've got to go to, um,
2: the pro, the pro am. I've got to meet pro golfers and, in ride around with them and like, you know, different people, there's, there's people you, Famous golfers and stuff, you get, to, you get to just know, and then then that was like an open a whole set of doors, you know. Because there's a lot of people that are well known in the community, you know. Like,
0: yeah, that's so cool.
2: Yeah, I've got the right. I've got the. hangout out with Mickey Fowler and Roy McElroy and wow. yeah, at the at the poem. I got the. I've got the, you know, I know.
0: Yeah,
1: it's, it's cool. You know, it's awesome, Connor. Yeah, um, I guess if you want to meet a, a famed uh, sports celebrity, uh, Nate, uh, you got to hang out with Connor.
2: <laughs>
1: I mean, I mean, I know, I know some people that you know.
2: Since I've grown up here, I know, I know a lot of people. I mean, not not too many famous people, but I know that's not a lot of people in the community, you know, when I've grown up here my whole life, so.
0: Yeah, it, it sounds like it, Merrick. Um, so, Connor, my last question for you, so speaking about the field of autism, and we talked about how things have changed a lot, and um, so I wanted to ask you, what changes have you experienced throughout your own life, maybe in how other people treat you or, you know, uh, just in general? What
2: question, what question is that? What question was that again?
0: So the, it's my third and, and last question, and it's, it's what changes have you experienced throughout your life?
1: If it makes it any easier, the full uh, question is, the field of autism is constantly invo- evolving as new research is emerging. What changes have you experienced throughout your life?
2: Well, personally for me, it's the environment I grew up in. So it's normal for me. And I think autism is becoming more normal
0: to the world
2: and that is a great thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's um, as as more awareness and Research continues to come out. It's it's definitely uh, like you're saying. It's it's definitely helping to normalize and destigmatize the condition, which is amazing. Because uh, as more and more companies are figuring out, and more and more teams and and schools, you know, neurodiversity can be a great asset. So that's awesome. Thank you, Connor. You're welcome.
1: All right, now it's my turn to jump in. So um, my first question for you is, you've recently graduated from the Learning Academy. In what ways has your experience at the Learning Academy and at ELS for Autism enhanced your life?
2: Well, there are several things. I got to experience real school life at TLA after homeschooling for many years. I had to learn better time management skills, like getting up on time every day, making my lunch, catching the bus on time, helping my twin brother, who also went to TLA, and learning to work with new teachers in a classroom setting. It really helped me prepare for my job.
1: It definitely sounds like. uh... It uh, has been very constructive for you, um, but it may have also helped you. in the second question I'm going to ask is... No, wait, hold
2: on, I just want hold on. And what I really like most about TLA was the vocational program where I got to volunteer at the First T Harley-Davidson, PSM, the Dime Shop, and finally Publix. Where I knew I would like to work, I'm grateful for the vocational teachers and the different opportunities I got to explore. Also, I got to see what it's like to socialize with adults on the autism, but then I did not realize we have such different abilities and talents. I made some great friendships that I still have today.
1: Yep. Uh, speaking of Publix, I know that you're a longtime employee of the of the store you work at. Um, what is your favorite part of your job? How has your employment helped you, and what could employment at Publix bring to others with autism?
2: My favorite part of my job is the people. I love talking to people, and I like to make our customers feel special when they come shop at Publix. I also like working with my co-workers because we have a lot of fun together. Publix has really helped me step step out of my comfort zone and do things which I never thought I could do, but I'm doing it. Publix likes to give adults with autism a chance to work. Publix will also help them achieve their goals and give them the tools to do it. Public is a great place to work and is great with helping anyone willing to
1: try. It's definitely, um, what I get from all of this is that this all sounds very, very inspirational. Yeah. And you're definitely a very inspirational story And I'm just really, really glad that you're our newest member of our advisory board, because I think you have a lot to share and I think you have a lot to show to everyone else around here. And that's really cool. Yeah. So uh, also, um, as the newest member of our advisory board, what are you most looking forward to in this role? And do you have a vision of what you might hope to accomplish?
2: What I must look forward to on this role is meeting new people as we try to raise money for the store by fundraising with the sea of possibilities at Publix. My biggest vision would be if Publix could become a sponsor for the Game on Golf Challenge to raise money on a bigger scale this would really help out the new adult service building and helping adults get jobs in our community and, and thrive on their own. Just because, just because you have autism does not mean you can't do something. It just might take a little longer to do it.
1: Definitely very uh, inspirational words, Sarah, too. Yeah, well, um, that's well said. Yeah, yeah. I recently
2: um got uh, approved to have the the possibilities come and sell the things at public on Saturday. So I'm excited about that. I'm um, to try to raise money for the school. So I got approved to sell the uh they'll merchandise outside of
1: the outside Publix. And Publix, uh, for those who are not familiar, it's one of the largest uh, regional grocery chains uh, in the southeast, possibly a little bit in the nation too. So we're not talking about your local grocery store, your local, you know, grocery, like Albertsons, or we're talking about a huge, massive uh, grocery chain that has its headquarters right where we are in Florida. So it's a very, very big deal for them if they got more involved with us. And I, I if Connor is the one who has to get them to have a greater, you know, awareness of us, then, you know, all... All hope to him. So, uh, thank you so much, Connor. You're welcome.
0: Thanks, Connor. It sounds like um, you'll be an amazing addition to the advisory board, and keep up the good work that you're doing at Publix and in the community. And also, do it slowly, but you know, hopefully.
2: Hopefully, I got, I got, trying to have some help, you know, not me, not about me, but try to help this, you know, the autism community out, you know, trying to, I'm getting now. you know, I got, I got big plans to help, you know, I want to try to raise a lot, of, I want to try to raise a lot of money for the, the school, you know.
1: Yeah, but that's not. But what we're basically, what I'm saying, at least, is that it is through you that other people get help. It is through you that other people find what they need in life and what they need to, you know, help themselves. And so you're you're more in a kind of a way, you're like a a, a vessel, but you're a vessel of good. And you're doing great things for others because you care about others yeah so uh on all of this inspirational on all this inspiration um I really do want to thank you Connor for participating in this interview you're welcome anything you want to add uh Nate yeah thank you
0: again Connor Really appreciate your your answers and your, your words of inspiration, too. You're welcome.
1: All right. Thank you so much. Now for our second interview. I will have to mark my position as one of the longest serving employees of the foundation. But technically, Shelly Hedge has served longer than I have. I got to know her because of her adept accounting skills, but also because of her wonderful family, her husband, Scott, her daughters, Brianna and Madison, and her son, Colin, a hard worker and Lego enthusiast who also has autism spectrum disorder. She has been a rather inspirational person to have on our team. Any biography of Shelly would focus on her time in the accounting department and her new position as controller at the foundation we have, but she is more than that. Whenever we get new volunteers, she is the one who informs me about their clearances. And whenever we use our Central Reach platform, which is this excellent database to make sure that our clients are best served, she is my partner in crime on the matter as part of our Central Reach team. And how can I forget that she is great at communicating too, which helps in her status as our first, as our second interview for the day. Sorry about that. So from Burbank, California, it is the Shelly Head Show. Thank you, Merrick. You're so kind. <laughs> that was a
3: great intro and you are my right arm in so many of our duties at the ELL Center. So thank you for all you do.
0: All right, welcome. Shelly, welcome to the show. It's great having you and maybe second on our schedule, but you know, always first in our hearts. Very sweet. So, uh, my first question for you, uh, first of all, I I want to mention that I had the opportunity to work with Shelly's son, Colin, on the tennis court, and he's a very good player and an even better listener, I would say, at least. Mm -hmm. Uh, So how do you feel that these types of recreational activities like tennis have influenced his life?
3: Well, Colin loves all the rec programs at the L Center because he participates in golf, yoga, music, tennis, and kickball, and he has always been very athletic throughout his whole life, Um, and sports are an outlet for him, and I personally have always felt that our kids and adults who have so many struggles with communication, it is important to provide them with opportunities to participate and excel in sport activities, kind of like you know, getting all the wiggles out, and he loves the individual sports like yoga, but also kickball where he can work as part of a team, and I'm so incredibly appreciative of these programs and the staff and how everyone works together to create opportunities for our students, and that includes you too as well, so.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. and recreational activities are essential for for everybody as as that outlet, Uh, as you mentioned, getting the the wiggles out, getting the stress out, Mm -hmm. all that good stuff. So of the many else for Autism Foundation accomplishments and initiatives, what are some that you're most proud of?
3: Well, and my most timely answer would probably now be the adult day training program that Colin participates in currently. Um, He goes there daily, and it allows some opportunities to gain independence and learn work skills, be in a program with his peers, go on fun outings, and just enjoy the people that he's with daily. I mean, he so looks forward to going there every day, which is wonderful. And honestly, there are so many other programs that he's participated in on campus, I can't think of any that he really didn't enjoy. Um, he's done the work experience program at PGA, the salsa program for cooking skills, and he also now he's doing speech therapy um, as a one on one during his ADT program. But I am so thankful for all of the staff that work with him because, um, you know, we're just so fortunate to have so many great individuals. Um, as a part of Colin's life over the years, I've always said it takes a village to raise a child and living in Jupiter for the better part of his life, we have met and come to know so many individuals who have been just amazing to Colin. So we're very grateful for the L Center.
0: Yeah, and to your point, I suppose there are so many great accomplishments that it's, it's difficult to cover all of them. And uh, just, just by existing um, as such a great resource is it, such a huge accomplishment on its own. And so I was, um, I was very interested to ask this last question. And first of all, I know Colin is fortunate enough to have very supportive sisters in his life, as do I. I have three wonderful sisters that I wouldn't trade for any brother in the world.
3: You're a lucky guy.
0: (laughs) Definitely. And so I was wondering what advice would you give to siblings of an individual with autism based on the interactions that you've observed?
3: Well, I think the best part of our family is that Colin is supported by a younger and an older sister. He's right in the middle. And as a result, he's so incredibly loved. His older sister guided him throughout his entire life and worked really hard to teach him like daily living skills and support him in so many ways. And she has been a role model for him. And actually, she now works in the field with other children with autism. And then his younger sister has also been such a great support for him and watching him struggle has given both of them a unique perspective on how to interact with others, and not just people with de- you know developmental disabilities or on the spectrum. Um, I think what it's taught them is knowing that no two individuals are the same, and we all have our own unique abilities, which is a great lesson for anyone. And I would encourage siblings of you know individuals on the spectrum to have patience and understanding, and try to support their their brothers and sisters as best they're able to, depending on what time of their life it is, obviously. <clears throat> that's why I tell my daughters um, all the time, I say that you have an innate ability to read others because Colin doesn't truly communicate, but they can read what his emotions are um, just by living with him. And they say um, that they wouldn't have it any other way because that's all they know. And I guess I'm just so fortunate that they are such loving and beautiful young women. So I am a lucky mom.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, no question about it. And um, thank you. That's that's really well said advice, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners will will get um, some great wisdom out of it. Well,
3: that's very nice. I hope. I hope so. Thank you for the great questions.
0: Oh, my pleasure. Well, here here come some even greater questions from
1: Merrick. I'll hand it over to you.
3: Okay, Nate, thank you.
1: So um, what um, I do like uh, about Colin is how engaged he is. Mm -hmm. He has been doing so much in his life with the different programs and services we have and he's just constantly engaged and he's constantly engaging too. Um, for my first question, what does the adult day training program provide for Colin in terms of maintaining skills he has learned post high school?
3: Well, I think one of the biggest things it provides for him is structure. So Colin really likes to know what he's doing every single day. In fact, on every Friday, we do his calendar for the upcoming week. And when he goes in, they have a schedule for him. So he knows, you know, which program is at which time. And then with that structure, it gives him like a sense of calm. So then he's able to enjoy himself more because for him, if he doesn't have that structure, I think it just kind of upsets him a lot. So that that's the basis of it all. But it also provides that opportunity for him to learn the new work skills and um, he really enjoys the micro business where they are the sea of possibilities where he's making items that they sell. He is pretty crafty so he enjoys that and then they also do like um, during the day they do the yoga they do um, I think they're doing a karate program right now as well. so they do rec programs within the ADT program. and then they go on the field trips and it's just a very full day. You know, and I think any of us want to be busy all the time, and that's Colin for sure.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a great advertisement for our adult day training program. I'll say, <laughs> I mean, maybe uh, Colin could uh, we could do the commercial, and Colin could be there as Thanks. like uh, one of the spokespeople. That's right. <laughs> um, What do you hope the adult services building will do to enhance his development and independence?
3: Well, for Colin, um, I I mean, like I said, he's doing very well there. I think what I hope for the adult services building is that we're able to reach more families. Um, And as a result, that'll help Colin because it'll be more peers that he can interact with. But I just know how necessary a program like this is For So many clients and then their families as well. So I think that's, I think that, and then also the cafe is going to be very nice. I think that'll be awesome because that'll be a micro business that'll be within that building and all of our clients will have an opportunity to work in different areas. So I think that'll be very, very cool perspective and um, an opportunity for our clients.
1: It would be very interesting if they named the uh, menu items at the cafe after like, for example, Colin's favorite food and they have that it's like uh Colin's meal and you can get that at the cafe.
3: Well, that would probably be Colin's chicken wings. So <laughs> I
1: don't know if they're serving
3: chicken wings, but that's a good idea, Mary.
1: I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. I am the idea man. Yes, you are. Don't let it. Don't let it get completely out there. Um <laughs> It may end up causing a lot of different like, oh he has an idea on this. Uh well, you know, it's it's after a while it just becomes pestering over and over again. You do have great ideas. And your your humor is the
3: best. I love it.
0: Chicken wings are never a bad idea.
3: <laughs> yes, I agree.
1: <laughs> um Well, what would you say to other parents who are raising young adults on the spectrum?
3: (laughs) Well, just to know, I think when we found out about Colin's diagnosis, which was a very long time ago, he's just turned 27 last Sunday. um, It it seems
1: so incredibly... Can can we interrupt this and say happy birthday to Colin? Of course. Of course. Um, Absolutely. I don't know if we really... uh, um okay so let me uh uh yes if you want to join in nate no uh, happy happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday to colin happy Happy birthday birthday. to you
3: you're the best thank you so much (laughs) (laughs) and i know you have a birthday around here too so
1: happy belated to you Merrick. thank you so much
3: Well, I just want to like ensure parents though that it is scary to hear a diagnosis with autism, but there are so many opportunities out there now. Like 26 years ago when we heard about it, um, I think it was much more limited. And now all of the programs that are out there, there's just so much that they can do. There's so much um, but. there's so much, they can, so many areas they can grow in, they can work. I mean, Colin was working just a year ago, um, before COVID. So I, I I don't know. I think there, there's just so much more out there now, which is really exciting and, and it's wonderful for anyone on the spectrum. So,
1: yeah, it certainly has changed since I I was born in 86 and, uh, you know, it's just incredible how things have changed. We, uh, Our last interview we had before you was with Colin B. Sturgis, very Mm -hmm. inspirational story. And he basically also acknowledged how much has changed over the years. Yes. It is, it is wild.
3: And can I say the most important part probably is acceptance from others. I don't know. And it could just be me. Maybe I have that in my head now because I'm so like immersed in autism, you know, but I was an only child growing up and I really didn't know anyone with developmental disabilities and then this is my life with my son and it's so it's so amazing to see such incredibly caring and generous and you know wonderful people who want to be involved and help others who have special needs so that is the bright light for all of us
1: well thank you so much for the uh interview uh time with us
3: thank you for asking me and um i appreciate your time and um you guys have a great evening
0: you as well we'll have to do it again
3: okay <laughs> i hope to Second see an interview okay
1: <laughs>
3: all right thanks a lot you too all
1: right thank you, thank you.
4: That I could fly so high, oh, like a butterfly. I fly into the air so high, oh, like a butterfly. A moth is a butterfly without any colors, but what's beautiful is what's inside. Maybe a moth is just a butterfly trying to hide. Well, I'm just a caterpillar crawling around Knowledge in my head but my feet on the ground Soon I'll be like an angel in the sky Like a butterfly I wish that I could fly So high Oh like a butterfly i fly into the air So high Oh like a butterfly Like a bird I was meant to soar, I will fly through the sunlight, and even when it pours, it can't stop me when I get a hold of the wind. In the future, your eyes will light up, to think that I was once a poor catapult, we will grow up and take to the sky, like a flock of butterflies. I wish I could fly, so high, oh like a butterfly fly to the air so high